Good evening, motherfuckers. Welcome back to Tusk. Now, if you were lucky enough to catch our glorious live stream Tuesday on election night, or if you just kept up with the elections in general, you would know that it did not at all go according to plan, and every single prediction was completely wrong. Now, some votes are still coming in, such as the governor's race in Arizona and the Senate race for Georgia between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker is going to a runoff race in December on, I believe, December 6th. Marquis, what are your thoughts on the midterms? Thanks for having me again, Tusk. Yes, this was a rather underwhelming performance for the GOP, and, uh, yeah, like people were predicting that there would be a big blowout in the House. I was one of them. So far, the New York Post is reporting that 16 seats flipped from blue to red this last cycle, including some highlights were four in New York State, the 19th District, the 17th District, the 4th District, and the 3rd District, three in Florida, the 13th District, the 7th District, and the 4th District. There were a couple other scared victories around the country, but grand total of 16 flipped, but the Democrats flipped four at the same time. Net gain of 12 seats for the Republicans right now. Republicans are seven seats away from a majority, and currently we are on track to get that, but geez, it's not election night anymore. It's election week. Hell, it's election season, because we're still... We're going on a week after the election. This was taped on the Saturday after the election. And there are still some seats, like in California's 9th District, that only have 36% of the votes in. And everyone's just dragging their ass. Somehow computers made vote counting slower. Figure that. I can't figure that. Yeah. How convenient with the whole Arizona fucking poll fuck up whatever the hell it was it was some issue with the machines right i didn't catch the whole story it appears in some places like arizona's first district that uh voting machines just didn't work right and they were rejecting up to like 25 percent of the ballots eventually they got straightened out but it sussed a lot of people out I don't know if people left the lines. How convenient. It just cast a weird pallor on it. And you know what's in the first district? Really affluent area of Scottsdale that's reliably right-wing. And you know what's doing right now? It's voting for Devin Hodge, Democrat, over Dave Schweiker. I just saw that a few minutes ago. Pretty fucking convenient, isn't it? You know, I've said on multiple occasions that I haven't been fucking tripping out about voter fraud or anything like that. I don't believe that there was widespread voter fraud in 2020, but every single fucking day, the Democrats look more and more suspicious. For example, during the midterms on the morning of November 8th, Democrats were plastering everywhere in the fucking news about how 
right-wingers were committing voter intimidation by watching the fucking boxes and the polls. They were flipping their shit about it. And I don't think they would have made that big of a deal about it if they weren't, well, tripping out about it. So, why were they making that big of a deal? Because, keep in mind, I didn't hear, I'm sh- maybe it happened somewhere, but I didn't hear any real story about this quote-unquote voter intimidation actually ending in any sort of real conflict. It was just motherfuckers setting up shop across the street and watching the polls. So, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it seems pretty suspicious to me. Right. Once again, I've never declared anywhere that any election was stolen, and I'm not saying this election was stolen at all, nor am I saying that there was widespread voter fraud. At the same time, you're doing a disservice to the whole idea of democracy such that it still exists in this country to say that uh, we can't look at irregularities or things that are off. Because if things are that are off or look to be off just persist in this, then p- more people are going to question the legitimacy of elections for real going forward and not just point out saying does that look right to you doesn't look right to me i'm pretty sure that's what we're both doing right now does that look right to you i'm not sure it does yeah it's it's a pretty tricky situation and honestly i'm just anxious about december 6th because the gop can still take the senate it's up to georgia like that's ultimately what it comes down to Either way, if they win, it will be a narrow victory, but a victory nonetheless. But at least it still looks like the Republicans are set to take the House. So, it was a very underwhelming red wave. And by red wave, I mean a little splash or a drop of paint. Which, what the fuck? It is astonishing to me. Apparently, Joe Biden... Sniffy the Clown has the lowest loss, lowest midterm election loss of a Democrat in 40 fucking years. There is no fucking way. There is no way that these midterms, according to these midterms, are measuring that Sniffy the Clown is more successful than Bill Clinton. Or Obama. There's no way he's more successful than Obama either. Yeah. Democrats loved him. And I'd even take Obama over this guy. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's saying something. When I would take Barry over you, you know you're doing a pretty shitty fucking job. So. Anyways. Again, it was a pretty underwhelming midterm election cycle why do you think that is marquee right a lot of it has to do with the direction that the republican party i think went in the past two years trump 
after he left office, he's still trying to play kingmaker. He's still trying to be really involved. And we've said in a couple episodes, Trump is apparently planning a big a comeback. He's going to take the White House back, which it, I, it's possible it's been done before. Grover Cleveland did it, I believe. But uh, He was the 22nd and the 24th. Indeed. But uh, I don't really see it coming. But yeah, the Republican Party is still behind the Trump movement, or a lot of it is at least. It hasn't had time to move away. And no one really knows just how much political cachet Trump still has after he was defeated in 2020, after January 6th, after his house gets raided by the FBI, after all kinds of crazy legal battles are going on, this really arcane stuff that nobody can follow, or I'm not sure if anyone is still following it, but no one knew just how much cachet Trump would have, and a lot of the candidates Trump was backing, especially Carrie Lake and uh, Masters in the Arizona races over there, and uh, Tudor Dixon, who was trying to unseat the Wicked Witch of the Midwest, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. Yeah, they didn't do very well. There were a couple exceptions this rule. J.D. Vance was good. He succeeded, but a lot of Trump's endorsed and picked candidates just didn't win. So that's suggesting to me that maybe Trump's cachet has just run out and the Republican Party needs to do something different or just keep getting more of the same more red trickles instead of red waves amen yeah i mean don't get it twisted these midterms they i do not think that they are accurately predicting what it will look like in 2024 whether it's trump whether it's desantis i don't see sniffy the clown hanging around and even if he did uh I don't think he would function long enough to make it through his second term, which means we would be stuck with the cackling whore of Babylon. And I'm, I cannot handle hearing that psycho bitch any more than I already do. Right. If you look at some of the statistics also for how different demographics broke during this last election, it really is a it really is age stratified so to speak for 18 to 29 year olds they broke democrat by 28% this goes down as you go upwards in age 30 to 44 year olds also broke democrat by only by 2% 45 to 64 year olds broke republican by 11% and uh, senior citizens over 65 broke Republican by 13%. Huh. This suggests also that this is a real rebellion of millennials and Gen Z, our generation, sadly. So age seems to be playing a really big role in this election. And if this trend keeps going forward, then the Republican Party has a demographic issue with age that's not being paid attention to enough. Right. So do you think there's any hope of maybe having Gen Z and millennials do a bit of a 180? 
there's always hope. Uh, if you read like uh, old thinkers like uh, Ludwig von Mises and Frank Chodorov, they all consistently said that ideas, even for large groups of people, even for like entire generations, are very plastic things, and they can change over time, and they do change over time. There, nothing is etched in stone when it comes to ideas. People can change, societies can change, but it's going to take a real renaissance of liberty in order for people to really wake up in earnest and see the dangers of big government, the dangers of political power and controlling the economy and all the vices that the Democrats and the leftists at large have been doing to this country for the past 10 years. I'm hopeful, but so much is uncertain right now. Right. Now, from my understanding, there was also a big uh, divide in the gender gap. Is that correct? That is uh, definitely correct, Tusk. I'm going to uh, read off a table from the Washington Examiner right now. These are the demographics of people who voted Republican. Married men, 59%. Married women, 56%. Unmarried men, 52%. Unmarried women, 31%. Correspondingly, Democrats voted this way. Married men, 39%. Married women, 42%. Unmarried men, 45%. And here's the big one. Unmarried women, 68% Democrats. Two in three unmarried women polled broke for Democrats. Only one-third broke Republican. Holy that shit. is extremely significant. What do you think is the cause of this? Maybe abortion? Definitely. I guess the polls that we were looking at in the past that just showed that abortion didn't have salience or sticking power were just wrong. This is the polls fucking it up for everyone again, predicting that uh, this issue just wouldn't have sticking power and people wouldn't be voting on it. But this suggests that people, in fact, are voting on it because... Abortion is the sort of thing that's going to impact the people who are most likely to get an abortion. And that are unmarried women, of course. And they're breaking for Democrats two and three. Damn. Yeah, I can't say I'm too surprised. Uh, a lot of young, single, and, well, I mean, the, the trends just don't lie. And women. Women, from my understanding, women have always been more inclined to vote Democrat, at least in our modern current phase of politics, whether it be specifically for abortion or for whatever other reasons. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It does surprise me that it's by that much, but it doesn't surprise me that single women tend to vote Democrat. Indeed. Women have a uh, proclivity to vote for big government. This has been studied. It's not exactly a very controversial proposition in pollster world, but proclivity to vote, vote for big government does not equate out to 68% favoring the Democratic Party. That's uh, a little new right there. That's really something. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, as I said in one of my previous episodes, and as I will say again, I am praying for you, Pennsylvania, every single morning, every single night. But at the same time, I got to ask y'all, what the fuck? What the fuck were y'all thinking? Uh, that was not pretty, was it, Marquis? No, but the upside is that we have six years of Fetterman memes. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. As if Sniffy the Clown shaking hands with ghosts wasn't enough, we got a guy who doesn't even know what time of day it is. It's not looking good. It is very surprising that uh, he was elected to the Senate. This is, it's not even the House, but Senate. The place where George Washington, I believe it was George Washington who said it was the saucer in which legislation goes to cool from the House before being actually passed into law. This is supposed to be the world's greatest contemplative body where legislation goes to be considered by rational, educated, reasonable men. And it can be rejected or passed on to the president. But we're electing this man into the world's foremost contemplative legislative body. We're this fun. is disappointing. Yeah. This country's better than this. This yeah. country deserves better than Fetterman. It really does. I will say, I have respect for Fetterman saying that he didn't want to pack the court, but that's all. That's it. That's dead ass the only good thing I can think about him. His policy good for him. I don't think he's a great person, and he's, well, he's not all there. He's sub-functional, maybe semi-functional. He can walk, from my understanding. Indeed. One of the only positives to come out of election night was that Ron DeSantis, of course, won back his seat in Florida Amen. in the governorship. And no one really expected that to go differently, though. Yeah, and it, it wasn't really close either. He won by over a million votes. Yeah, Indeed. Uh, the people of Florida have definitely chosen that uh, they want DeSantis, and uh, that will probably be a conservative haven going forward. A lot of conservatives went down there during the lockdowns to try to get some semblance of liberty, while the rest of the country decided that they would just be allergic to it for the duration. Did you see at Ron DeSantis' speech accepting his re-election, a bunch of his fans in the crowd started chanting, two more years, two more years, which, well... If that's the case, it would be pretty rough, I think, for DeSantis to get past Trump. And Oh, yes. There's going to be a veritable civil war within the Republican Party to get a candidate to run against Joe Biden. Trump is Trump. He's not going to give up any of his power. He wants to play kingmaker, and he wants to be at the top of the ticket. And his ego doesn't allow for another competitive entity to be with him at the bottom of the ticket. That's probably the reason why he chose Pence. Because Pence is a great politician, great man. But 
he can fade into the background and he's so humble and such a good Christian that he won't try to steal Trump's thunder and he won't even take credit where credit's due for his own actions. Now, DeSantis, while being a, another excellent Christian in his own right, he is more assertive than Pence is. His ego is bigger. All politicians have an ego, but DeSantis is a proto-Trump, so to speak. They're those two. They're never going to be on a ticket together. They have to fight. It's predestined. It's written in the stars. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's going to be hard to watch, man. It's. I mean, my mind just kind of tells me that Trump would win, at the end, because I mean, he's a political wrecking ball, and. I think that even though DeSantis, logically speaking, I think it would make more sense for DeSantis to win. But with the current political climate and the state of the Republican Party, I think Trump would, well, he'd be a fucking political wrecking ball and he would just completely lay out the field. It's, it's going to be interesting if DeSantis runs, because everybody knows, even though... Trump hasn't made an official announcement yet. Everybody knows he's he's going to fucking run again. That's out of the question. Speaking of the president and the presidential election, Sniffy the Clown has already started gloating about the results of the midterms. I have not been able to gather the strength to watch through an entire video of it yet, but from what I have seen... It is truly horrible. He seems to have this idea that the results of the midterms are due to the fact that the Democrats have done just a, a outstanding job in running this country. Well, they have done an outstanding job of running this country into the fucking dirt in less than a year and a half of Sniffy the Clown's presidency. And honestly, there's something unique that I see about Sniffy the Clown. You see, the general consensus of some of the worst presidents ever, you'll usually find James Buchanan at the top, Herbert Hoover, and if you ask my opinion, Woodrow Wilson and FDR go up there in that area. The thing is... Sniffy the Clown, while I might not consider him the worst president ever yet, in some ways, he is. I mean, think about it. Uh, Marquis, what is James Buchanan criticized for? Literally having the country fall apart from under his feet. Right. But the tensions between the North and the South were already building before his presidency, correct? Yes, that definitely went back a decade or two. Right. Easy. So, James Buchanan is criticized for completely mishandling it and having the country fall apart underneath him. He mishandled it. Herbert Hoover, and in my opinion, FDR as well, the Great Depression hit and he mishandled it. He didn't cause the Great Depression. But it happened under him, and he and FDR fucked it all up. 
It made it even worse. They completely mishandled it. Now, Sniffy the Clown, nothing really bad was happening under him when he took office. I mean, the nation was recovering. The national security was doing great. The economy was slowly but surely recovering. We were on our way back out of the slump. And then he came in and for the sake of spiting Trump, wrecked all of it. He didn't mishandle some tragedy that happened or something, a severe issue in the country. He caused it. He started it all himself. And that's where I think he is probably in at least in one specific area he is the worst president that this nation has ever had potentially i'm not sure we have really the same interpretation of the state that uh, of the country at the time that biden took over my appraisal of the trump administration has gone down over time and when you look at how much Trump spent, he was another Obama, one of the biggest spenders in American history. I'm not sure if at that time he was the biggest, but he was certainly on par with the worst. Trillion dollar stimulus packages saying that he would take the guns and before doing due process. I'm no longer as big of a Trump fan as I used to be at all. I sure as hell wouldn't vote for him in the primaries against DeSantis or anything. Yeah, me but neither. Uh, Biden uh, surely made the situation so much worse than it had to be. The galloping inflation really started under Biden's watch, even if the cycle started earlier. Right, the I, results started to show under him. Right. I'm, I'm not praising Trump for that. Again, I think overall, I think he was a good president just good not really good not spectacular not bad sure as hell not the worst ever like so many think but regardless of yes his stimulus packages i don't agree with that his red flag laws absolutely do not agree with that either but regardless the economy was recovering with the covid shutdown ending around that time the economy was building back up. And hell, Sniffy the Clown tried to take credit for it. He said, we have seen record job growth. Well, no shit. When the nation is shut down and then it opens back up, or at least a bunch of the Democratic states that shut down originally opened back up, coincidentally around the time, well, coincidentally or not, around the time that you come into office, of course, you're going to see quote-unquote record job growth. But what I'm saying is that regardless of how you think Trump did as a president, we were recovering. Things were getting back to normal. And then Sniffy just had to throw everything off the rails for the sake of Orange Man Bad. And that's why I think in some ways, he has already cemented himself as, again, in just some ways. We'll find out where he stands as a whole towards the end of his term.
but in some ways he has already been the worst president in history. He better not get eight years. This is the damage he can reap in just two. What's he going to be able to do in eight? We're just a fourth of the way through that time span. That eight years is an incredibly long time in politics, at least. That's the time to do quite a lot of damage. We've already got galloping inflation, foreign policy disasters from Taiwan to Ukraine to Afghanistan. We've got an energy crisis. We're passing trillion dollar, even several trillion dollar stimulus packages. We're passing things called the Inflation Reduction Act that give hundreds of billions of dollars in green energy handouts, while at the same time, actually increasing inflation according to the Wharton School of Business model. We're still doing the some of those uh, PPP loans from the COVID times, and those loans were used to buy Lamborghinis and Maseratis, not to actually pay for paychecks. What's he going to be able to do in eight years instead of two? That's something we're going to need to think of as we pivot towards the general election after these midterms. We just start thinking about electability and who can actually defeat Joe Biden. It should be an easy task, but it should have been an easy task to take Congress by a big margin. Now we're down to maybe eking out a win in the Senate and a small win in the House. Should have been easy. It wasn't. It should be easy to defeat Sniffy the Clown in 2024, but... If we elect Trump to go and try his luck, perhaps it won't be. I'm worried that Trump might be the only one who we could possibly run who could be defeated by Sniffy. Exactly. Yeah. That's why if DeSantis runs against him, I will be voting for DeSantis. But let me see. I agree with that. Can we think of anything that's not currently in a crisis under Sniffy? Let's see. We got an energy crisis, we got a border crisis, food shortage crisis, foreign policy crisis, crime crisis. Let's see, what else is there? Did you mention inflation? Inflation, economic crisis, that's right. Um, Anything else? Am I missing anything? Don't believe so. Now, in other news, Oregon has decided to try to pass something called Proposition 114. Marquis, for any of our listeners who may not be in the know, would you care to explain what that is exactly? Right. Oregon Measure 114 requires a permit from law enforcement for people to purchase firearms. Applicants would need to complete safety training and pass a criminal background check. This measure also prohibits magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds of ammunition. This is one of the most draconian gun laws in the country, if this makes it through. And right now, it appears that it's standing, and there are going to be lawsuits against it. The Firearms Policy Committee already came out and said that they were going to sue the state. They posted this on Twitter. Oregon, if 114 passes, we're coming, and the lawsuit printer is ready to go. Stay tuned for more info. Well, that did pass, and uh, Oregon is now trying to determine if they're going to enforce it or what they're going to do. 
because some sheriff's departments are coming out and saying that they won't even enforce it. So this will be interesting going forward. Big battle over gun control over there. Yeah. Really big battle. Yeah, that is, well, an infringement on the Second Amendment is putting it pretty lightly. Indeed. Around the country, there are other ballot initiatives that have passed. My home state of Illinois passed the Workers' Rights Amendment, sadly. So, basically, this is a measure that supercharges unions and makes them overpowered forever. So, the unions have been worried in this state for a while that, basically since the Rauner administration, that a Republican is going to get in and they're going to do like what a number of states bordering Illinois have done already. Make it a right-to-work state and uh, limit collective bargaining. So, the Workers' Rights Amendment basically makes sure that can never happen and that uh, the unions will always be entrenched in the political process and always have a stranglehold over the whole state's industry. So that got written into the Illinois state constitution, and uh, that's probably not going anywhere. Illinois can uh, continue to be a post-industrial hellscape over here. Thankfully, Illinois is also the state that's hemorrhaging more residents than any other state. I can't imagine why. Take your pick. (laughs) Ethanol subsidies, high crime, high taxes, some of the highest property taxes in the nation, some of the highest gas taxes in the nation. Unions with a stranglehold on everything, like this workers' rights amendment. And then we have J.B. Pritzker for a governor who rips toilets out of his billion-dollar mansion so he can pay less taxes. Don't forget needing a specific license to own any firearm. That sounds like somebody's hijacking a car right outside my window. Somebody's car alarm is going off. Yeah. Do do you all hear it, listeners? Oh my god, I love this state. If you listen very carefully, you can hear in the background all the gunshots, which, funny enough, even though Illinois has stupid strict gun laws, you you won't go too long over there without hearing quite a bit of it. Uh, Oh yeah, not to mention the fucking uh, no cash bail issue that they're having for a number of violent crimes. Right. It's going to be much more difficult to detain in people for a number of very serious offenses, including arson and threatening a state official starting in the new year. It doesn't make anything non-detainable, but the bar for being for any pretrial detention is much higher. And if you're in pretrial detention, the court will continually have to prove that circumstances which led to the approval of the detention are still valid. Some measures similar to this that were enacted in New York and New Jersey found that they uh, reduced prison populations and jail populations by significant double-digit numbers approaching 50%. So a lot of extra people out on the streets. A lot of very questionable people. Lovely. Yeah. Well, 
it's like we always say the world is going to shit might as well kick back and enjoy the show with a quite a fireworks show it is yeah roast some marshmallows over the burning cities but Mm. back to the midterms it looks like the gop is still going to take the house of representatives by five to ten seats underwhelming yes but it is still a majority and depending on how you think the runoff election is going to be between walker and warnock the republicans may or may not take the senate by one seat so let's prepare for the worst and assume that the democrats keep the senate marquis how much do you think it would affect Biden for the rest of this term if the Republicans had the House by a few seats, but the Democrats still had the Senate? Right. I just want to say that's probably the outcome we're going to get at this point. Very slim margin in the House. If we're going to get a majority in the Senate, it's going to be by like one seat. Very razor thin margins. It's going to make it impossible for the Democrats to pass party line legislation through the both houses of Congress. So they're going to need to either reach across the aisle a little bit or rely on Republican defectors, which uh, we usually have more defectors to their side than they have to our side. So that's definitely a strategy they could play on. But our strategy going forward for the rest of these two years of his administration is just going to be delay and obstruct. Thank With you. more seats in the House, maybe one more seat in the Senate, we can stymie the Biden agenda and make it harder for him to pass terrible legislation. That's about all we can hope for. We're not getting any legislation that uh, is favorable to the cause of liberty through because Biden at the end has to sign it and we don't have anywhere near enough votes to start thinking about veto overrides in either House of Congress. So obstruction is going to be our best bet, and that's a decent bet, at least. It's better to have no legislation than bad legislation. Right. Yeah, it is pretty much damage control at this point, but if we can just buy our time until we get this shit show out of office... Uh, quote-unquote drain the swamp but I don't just mean that in Trump terms Um, it's looking like we just might be able to pull out of this and we'll make it through anyways listeners as always thank you for joining us these midterms were as we said very underwhelming most people were expecting a red wave, and all we got was a little drop of red paint, so to speak. But, as we just said, we'll pull through. It'll be aight. We got it. This is America, and proud, liberty-loving Americans like you all, as well as Marquis and I, will continue to fight don't matter if there's a Republican majority, Democrat majority, Libertarian, Green, fucking, or whether it's 
fucking 535 Democrats in Congress. Done fucking matter. America will pull through. That's what the Founding Fathers designed this country to do. But anyways, that's all for today. Thank you all for joining us. God bless America.